0: What is up, podcast fam? My name is Jeremy Abramson, and I am so grateful that you are taking time out of your day. And spending it with me here right now, 2020 is going to be such a special year, not only for me, but for you and for us, this community that we are cultivating is so special. And I am on a mission to impact 20 million lives worldwide through movement, gratitude, and joy. And I cannot do that without your help. So, Please continue supporting the show, share it with a friend, share it with a family member and make sure to engage with me on social media. Hit me up on Instagram, coachjeremy305, so we can keep this conversation going. I hope you enjoy today's show. What is up everybody? Welcome back to the Stand Up To Sitting podcast. I am your host and chief. Energy Officer Jeremy Abramson. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am so hyped for today's show with Earl Wolf. Originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina, Earl worked his way to a football scholarship at NC State where he developed into a first-team all-conference performer. After being drafted by the Eagles in 2013, Earl's career has taken unexpected twists and turns, which I'm so excited to dive into today. My man, welcome to the show. Really,
1: thank you for having me, man. It's, hey, my pleasure, I'm looking forward to it.
0: I'm so pumped to have you in here. Yeah, man. Um, I, wanna, I wanna jump right into this. Growing up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, couldn't yeah. have been easy, must have seen your fair share of challenges. Yeah. Just talk a little bit about that experience.
1: Uh, Fayetteville, man. Fayetteville and Rayford has made me the man I am today, and I, I wouldn't wanna grow up in any other place. Um, you know, growing up, uh, a lot of people don't, don't make it out. Um, I started playing football at 8, and I knew once I scored my first touchdown, football was going to be my way out. Uh, so literally, I made sure I didn't get in any trouble, made sure nothing interfered with me making it, well, making my dream come true, make it to the NFL. You know, it was a, truly a blessing to have made it that, that far.
0: And what type of distractions and external things were coming your way? Because I know it's not easy, especially when you're going up to try to fit in these type of things. What type of things were you constantly being exposed to on a daily yeah. basis?
1: Um, f- from drugs to to violence, to um, a lot of people just wanting to do things uh, the way you're, you know that you want to. But my 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 thing was I try to I try to put myself around people. Like-minded, um, that thought the way I did, that, that that moved the way I did, that that was, that wanted to be success, uh, that wanted to be successful, you know. And I felt like, uh, as I as I went on, um, it's crazy because I still have the same group of friends now that I had before. Yes, I cut some people off here and there, but it's always all love. Um, you know, I have still my friends come up now; they come up all the time. At least at least one of them come up once a month, and you know, we could it, we have a good time. Um, but you know, my, my my goal right now was to, like I said, only put put myself around people that's like minded, had the same same goals
0: and values in life. I love that. I yeah. love that. And I know you talk a lot about the inspiration of your mom. Yeah. Like that woman, always having a vision of her and making yes. her proud. How important yes. was she in your development in that upbringing?
1: Um, man, she's the reason I am where I am today. She's the reason I. I made it as far as I did, you know, and I can't thank her more each and every day. We talked, one day as it went by, probably since I got a cell phone and me and her haven't talked. Um, you know, uh, growing up, uh, she was in the military, 32 years, National Guard, uh, Master Sergeant. Um, she did everything she could to make sure we were like we were okay, made sure we were happy, made sure we had no worries. She, she busted her behind, man. And, my thing is like, I never ever want to do anything to make her upset, make her sad. Um, so literally she was the reason why I did everything the right way. She was the reason why I went three times harder than what normal people do to make it as far as I wanted to. You know, she, she's my why,
0: mm. you know,
1: and I love her to death. She's my heart. Her birthday, Valentine's Day, she's a sweetheart. I got a name tattoo right here over my heart.
0: I love that. That's my everything, man. Yeah, I'm a mama's boy too. And I think it's really important for anyone listening right now or watching to understand how important your environment is. Yes. The people that you're surrounding yourself with, the places that you're kicking it at, those are going to shape you. Yes. So you're going to have those decisions. You're going to have those distractions. And thank goodness that you have that connection with your mom to kind of keep you with that tunnel vision. Yes. And I feel like that May have even saved you in a way,
1: I agree. I know it did. I know it did. Like, I, I know it did. Um, it's crazy because like, I, like, I like we were talking about before, um, you know start, when I started playing football eight didn't know what it would take for me to make to the NFL, but I knew I was going to make it. So it was literally literally day by day, I just busted my behind to get to where I was, then to the SAT to my senior because I had no, didn't even know about it. Yeah. So I took it multiple times, you know. Of course, once I got my scholarship offer from NC State, um, Wolfpack last name Wolf, you know, had to go there. Was making, wanted to go to school in North Carolina, and that was actually my only offer.
0: Wow, your yeah, only D1 offer. My
1: only D1 offer. I went to a camp played 350 kids, probably 350 to 500 kids just running around, and I actually wanted to learn how to play DB because I started playing like a lot of DB, my junior, my from sophomore from my 10th grade year to my 12th grade year, and. I really went. I actually went there to learn how to play DB to take it back to my my boys back home. Like, hey, I learned this. I learned this. Um, not going that I would. Not knowing that I would go there and get a and like come back home with a full scholarship offer.
0: Hmm.
1: Full scholarship offer. i I was I was playing receiver in DB and I was I was I was killing it, man. It was it, honestly it was nothing but God. Yeah. Nothing but God, man. Yeah, was, I'm so thankful.
0: Yeah, man. And I mean, your consistency and your commitment to the craft for sure played a big role in that because it's one thing to have the talent, but the determination and the consistency and the commitment day in and day out to actually embrace that grind and and embrace the process is a whole different thing. And I think that's a part of becoming an athlete or becoming a professional, anything at the highest level, like you need to have that tunnel vision and you need to understand like your vision. And you talked about your why, which I think is so instrumental. I want to know, because I'm sure you've been praised a lot for your athletic achievements and all those things. And all of that is great, but I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that you were just a stand-up human, yeah. and you continue to be. And you graduated school in three and a half years. Like, talk about that experience because going to University of Oregon, yeah. I was around a bunch of my homies who were student athletes. It's not necessarily easy to focus on school, you know, when you're when you're at that level. Yes. And what what was that thing that kind of kept you going?
1: Um, I just I kept the mango to the mango when I was me making it to the NFL. Um, so it was, if I felt like something was gonna kind of pull me away from my goal, which was, of course, making it to the NFL, I'd try to stay away from it as far as possible. Mm. You know, and that's from women to, to my, my boys, to everything. Like, if that kind of like, like deterred me from football, I didn't want no parts.
0: And you, you know? knew that. And if
1: I did, of course, but I'm not gonna say act like I didn't do anything, you know? Yeah, of course. It's It's... It's, it's, a, it's a way to do it. It's a time to do it, you know? Yeah. So I made sure. Of course, I had fun. College. NC State was amazing. I met some amazing people. Yeah. Some amazing guys that I've still talked to to this day. Some of my best friends, man. That, Hell yeah. And I was in three of the weddings last year, you know? Hell yeah. Um, so I met some great people, man. College was great. Uh, the academic part was was definitely a big adjustment coming from, um, you know, coming from high school where, you know, you, it was... I actually graduated with a better... With a better g p a in college I did in high school um that's but crazy. I started out the right way i started out i made the dean's list mm. my my freshman year, and that's what kind of kept me on path and also you know if you have bad grades, you can't play football so it, that was my whole my whole thing mm. like why even put yourself in that situation when yeah. like yeah, so I, I made sure I, I i passed every class throughout my whole uh college career graduated three and a half I actually could have graduated in three my last so that last semester of the half, I only, I, had, I only had five hours left.
0: You studied sports management? Yes. Hell yeah. sports management. Yeah, sports is,
1: sports is everything, you know what I mean? That's so, what
0: I studied too. Yeah. I'm wondering, in that experience at NC State, do you feel like you were treated like a human being first or an athlete first? Meaning, were you more of like a product or yeah. did they actually value Earl Wolf, the human being? Um, I couldn't honestly say they
1: value Earl Wolf, the human being, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've always looked at myself that way. I've never been like, Hey, I'm Earl Wolf and I'm, and I play football. It's like, I'm Earl, I'm Earl Wolf. And I've always been blessed. I'm, I was blessed like to play football. Yeah. So it was just like, it never was who I was, you know, it was just, it was just, just what I did. That's the way I always viewed it. And I feel like when you view it that way and people know you view it that way, they don't treat you like, like you're just this athlete, this jock, you know? yeah So even when I got done with football, that was still that was that's why the transition was easier than what it usually is to me, which it was still difficult,
0: yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because one of the things that I see with people, former athletes right, at any level because most most of most athletes' career end after high school, right yes, and then if you if you get to that next level of college. It's it's likely gonna end. You made it to the peak of peaks, yes. right? So in most cases, people's identity are so tied to that thing. Yeah. Like Earl is football. I'm sure when you went back home, the first question was like, "Yo, how's football going?"
1: Exactly. Every time.
0: You you feel me? And it's it's almost like it's almost attaching your whole self worth to the sport. Which thank goodness like you had the wherewithal to know that you're more than that, but. I'm just curious to know, like, that transition process because you're still in it right now. You know, like, take us through a little bit of retiring from the game, making that decision, right, and then progressing through this new journey, this path that you're on.
1: Yeah. Um, so retiring from, from football was the hardest thing I've ever had to do by far, um, just with all the injuries I had from my rookie year to, to, to still now, you know, what I feel each and every day. Um, that was the reason I had to retire. Uh, you know, my rookie year, I feel like I started out on on top. You know, I, I ended up starting, was playing at a high level. Then I ended up tearing my PCL, um, first game I ever missed in my life, in my life. Mm.
0: It's supposed
1: to be a four to six week injury, and it literally, st- in the last like five years,
0: yeah. from
1: multiple surgeries to rehab. Literally, my whole my most of my NFL career was rehab, Rehab and, and, and uh. Just rehab, literally the whole entire time. Um, And it's crazy, though, because I fought back from the knees, from four of them, four four major knee injuries, same knee, fought back from that, tore my left hamstring. Was out for 10 weeks, fought back from that, tore my right hamstring. And then tore my left shoulder. And fought back from all that still. And it's crazy because as I'm going through rehab over and over and over, I'm not even, honestly, I tell people all the time, like, when I was going through this, it wasn't like, Dang, Earl, you gotta go through it again. It was like, hey, Earl, let's do it. And I'm thinking further, like, whenever, like, because my, my, my sister has four kids and they're like my kids. Like, they look at me as like their dad. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, I'm like, yo, as I'm going through this rehab, like, I'm thinking about them when they get older, like, okay, oh, girl, I'm struggling through this. I went through this and I made it through. Yeah. So when I have kids, same thing. I went through this and I made it through. So you can, and, and that's for anybody. You can push, you can push through whatever. Every pain is temporary, struggle is temporary. And that's all, and that's the way
0: I look at life. Do you, I love that, man. Your mindset is on another level. Do you ever catch yourself thinking like, what if? Like, what if? Because it it honestly sounds like to me, and a lot of times things will get misdiagnosed or maybe they'll treat something and not do it the right way. And I'm sure you had the best care around you. How often do you like, maybe, maybe it's like seeing one of your boys on TV on Sunday and you're like, yo, that motherfucking clown, I'm better than him, or this or that, like, how often do those thoughts cross your mind? Um, I would sit here and lie
1: and say they didn't. Like, if I'd be like, I, I don't ever cross my mind. It does. You know, what if? I was actually talking yesterday. I was like, man, I know if, if, I, wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have had that, an injury to my knee, that, the level I was playing at, and actually, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it felt like each and every game I rookie, here was getting easier and, easier and easier and easier, which is like, I'm like, Why? and I, I honestly, I had just started learning more, more about the game from the veterans. They, they, they took me under their wing. Um, to, I, said, I I played really well my, my rookie year. Then my second year was hurt, of course. And like I told you before, every other year I was hurt, uh, fighting back from an injury, signing with teams, getting injured, fighting back, signing again. Um, so I sit back and I'm like, man, what if? I knew, I know, if I want to get injured, I'll be a t- like top five safety easy. Just yeah. not even just for my talent, because I, I, I do have God-given talent. But the extra work I put in, I busted my ass each and every day. Every single day, I made sure I did some extra. Yeah. We'd be a two and a half hour practice. Everybody'd be like, man, I'm so tired. I, and this started from high school. Man, I'm so tired, Earl, man. Let's, let's get it out of here. I, no, no, no. Out, out of here. I wanna be the best. I wanna be the best in the city. I wanna be the best in the state. I wanna be the best to ever do it. Yeah. So each and every, I say, yo, so I'm standing out here. I'm about to run some extra bleachers, do some extra football. What you wanna do? Earl, maybe tomorrow. I'm like, okay, go, go ahead. Tomorrow, you can do it tomorrow. Yeah. But I guarantee the guys wanna be the best at doing it right now. Yeah. So unless you're doing it right now, each and every day, it's it's a mindset, each and every day then mm. and that and that, and that was my goal. And that's why I know like if if I wouldn't have got help, if I wouldn't have got injured, i I know I'd be a top four, top five state to the league right now. Yeah. You know, but then also I look at it like everything happens for a reason. You know, God has a bigger plan.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and that's all I'm trying to fulfill right now, is this plan and his purpose for my life.
0: Hell yeah, bro. What do you yeah. think that what do you think that ultimate plan and purpose is?
1: Uh it's always a serve, man, help others. Um and I try to do that daily. it, it can be as easy as putting putting a smile on somebody's face, you know, Uh, I'm a happy person, always, always happy, always energetic, always smiling, always just trying to make somebody else's day, Um, but also uh, to inspire and motivate, you know, especially the youth, everything, it it starts with the youth, it starts with that generation, you know, and like uh, we talked before, I'm gonna start coming in with you on Wednesdays here and there, talking to the kids, man, that's what it's about, and I also plan on going back uh, to my hometown, doing a lot, uh, some, some, uh, some, 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 like motivation speaking, just telling my story, especially when kids, like when kids relate, when they, like when they can relate to your story, especially with you coming from that area, it gives them a whole different type of motivation, and inspiration. You know,
0: hundred percent. And
1: I'm, and I plan on doing that this year. Going back to my, going back to middle schools, high schools, just literally walking in classrooms and just talking, yeah. talking, telling my story. You know, and just I say, just trying to give the kids hope. Cause I always wanted that growing up. I never had nobody to come back here and do that to me. Yeah. You know, so what would I be? What kind of guy would I be not to go back and give back?
0: Yeah, so, I love that about you, bro. In yeah. the short time I've known you, one of the, one of the quotes that I found that you said, I think it was when you were with Jacksonville, is you said, "I take pride in my attitude. I treat the janitors in Jacksonville the same way I treat the head coach." Yes, and I can really relate to that because my dad was my dad was a doctor, and I remember like when I would go with him to work some days, and he would literally like spend five or ten minutes talking to the janitor. Wow, and like. Mm. I, that was one thing that he did that literally stuck with me from such a young age. And he had that same mindset. So where did that come from in terms of that type of humility?
1: Um, just growing up, man, I'm a, like, I've, I've seen the struggle. I've been through the struggle. Um, I know what it is not to have a lot, you know. Mm. And a lot of people get it messed up, like, to the point that it's like a lot of people that have, I guess you call it a, level, a certain level of status, you know, mega's have a certain amount of uh, uh, means of wealth. Um, they try to be little people. They think they're better than other people because they don't have what they have. Right. So they talk to them different. They treat them different. When we are all the same, everybody's in the same. We're all people. We're at the same level. Yeah. You know? If you treat me with, more, if you treat me with respect... I deserve. I'm gonna treat you with the same respect, but I'm gonna always treat you with the same respect. But it goes from the janitor to the head coach. Yeah. Like every day I walk, every day I used to walk in uh, Philly. I was especially in Philly. When I was in the locker room. One of Jay, my wolfie, and we start chop. We start laughing, joking, going back and forth. That's just the kind of person. I don't think I'm better than anybody because of what I've did, where I've been, the money I made. Nothing. Like I'm to me, I'm, I'm at the same level as everybody else, and that's the way. That's why I treat people the way I treat people. Mm. You know, with love. You know, always showing love. Always. For example, I'd be walking I, I I walk in the mall back home, people stop me, oh Earl, man, what's up? I might even I might not even know him. I'm gonna have a full conversation with him. Yeah. You know? we're all normal people, man. We're all going to the same place, hopefully. Yeah. You know, God willing. Yeah. So that's and that's just how I how I am in life each and every day.
0: Yeah, bro. And I think it's like, as soon as you walked in, you're like, bro, I'm sorry for being late. I was like, I can't really be upset. Like, look at this guy's smile right now. You know what I mean? So I think it's so important to recognize for anyone listening and watching, it doesn't take a lot to lift someone else's day up. Like it literally takes a small gesture, such as a smile, such as a conversation, such as opening the door for someone. And that can shift their whole day that can even shift their life because it's like oh shit someone actually acknowledges me someone actually sees me someone actually respects me yes yeah so that's crazy um and i love that and i think when we do have you come in to the school and talk that's going to be such a powerful message i agree can because i can already see some of the kids who are like good athletes they think they're like on some pedestal it's like bro you're in seventh grade (laughs) like You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and especially like with social media, they might start to like amass like a few thousand followers and then it's like, oh, yo, like I'm walking on clouds right now. (laughs) So I'm I'm excited for you to kind of instill some humility in them. Um, We got to talk. We got to talk. I mean, so I was doing research trying to prep for this show and I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. I want to talk about sports. I want to talk about your career, but there's so much more. You feel me? Like you've been interviewed thousands of times, I'm sure, throughout high school, college, and and the NFL. And it's like, that's based around your body of work as an athlete. And I want to really assess your body of work as a human. Yes. And the story that I read about in Sports Illustrated in 2016, like I texted you yesterday when I was reading through it and I was literally, I had goosebumps and I was like, I was like, this can't be real. And I just want to re- re- read a quick excerpt, and then I want you to like go as deep as you want to. No, nah, for sure. So, I feel the AK-47 pressed against my back. My friend opens the door. He instantly slams it in my face. I now think I am dead. I close my eyes. Mm. So, I would love if you could kind of just take yourself back to that specific moment and and share with us what was going on like just I, I just I just want you to dive a little deeper into that
1: yeah that part of this stuff, from the beginning to
0: that part specifically and yeah. then we'll recap
1: um so you know, I was robbed and kidnapped in my hometown five minutes from uh where my mom was I was at a friend's house um at that time and point um I was out dad they they had pulled me out of the vehicle yeah. Uh, five guys pulled me out of the vehicle and walked me to the house I was in at the the house that they took me out of basically
0: you were just chilling at your boy's house one night
1: literally just chilling at my boy's house we playing cards um, game a little bit not with no crazy money just having fun that's the game we play that's the game I grew up playing so we playing tunk. Um, and it's crazy because I was only supposed to be there for like two hours, three hours, go pick up my nephews for my sister. Every time I go home, I surprise my nephews and my niece, I pick them up from daycare. Daycare or school, I literally just pop up and they go crazy. Yeah. And it makes my day. It might make my month, literally. Like, yeah. just seeing their face, see how happy they are to see me. Um. So I just got home that day. I always tell my mom and my sister, like, hey, don't tell them here. Like, I'm, I'm going to pop up on them. Uh, but I was like, I told my mom, I said, hey, I'm going to so-and-so's house. Play some cars a little bit and then I'ma pick up the, the kids. I'm gonna probably spend, I'm gonna spend some time at my my sister Sinead's house at her house and then I'll be back. Um so we're playing a car, three hour three hours go by. I, I won I like all the money at the table. I'm like, oh, it's about time to go, perfect timing. I'm about to get up out of here. And like, Earl, come on, man. You just took like give us a loan and we're like, we'll just keep playing. I'm like So I call my sister, it's pouring down outside. I'm talking like to the point where like you shouldn't even drive. Yeah. My sister says, Earl, I'm I'm picking them, or I'ma just pick them up, bro. It's pouring down. I'm right, I'm right here, anyways. We'll see you later if the rain calms down, and we'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, you sure? Sure, yes. Yeah, so I hang up. I'm like, all right, guys, we can keep playing. So three hours ended up being literally ten, ten to twelve hours. I'm there yeah. all night. We playing, we are playing. My, 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 so I'm, I'm actually at my friend. I'm actually at his, at his girlfriend's house in a suburb, nice neighborhood. Um, so as we're playing, my, my 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 friend, so I'm playing with two other guys, but I also told my boy, I said, listen, bro, like, if we're going to play, like, if we're going to play cars, I'm, I'm not playing with nobody that I don't know. Yeah. Like, just, I'm driving a Range Rover in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is not, people don't drive yeah. luxury vehicles in North especially in Fayetteville, like yeah. that. Um, so I'm like, I'll play, play for a couple more hours, whatever. So I ended up being until, like, 12 in the morning. But around 7, my friend, he uh, he goes outside, he comes back in, he puts his pistol on the table. He's like, man, some guys out there moving kind of weird, man. Like, But when he says it, he, like, his credibility is kind of ah, like, you always over-exaggerating, you're being dramatic. Because he was, he, was, he was doing like a contracting jab in like, Iraq, so his his nerves are kind of bad in general. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. So then I went outside probably about two hours later, and then I see some guys walking around too. I'm like, probably like 17, 18. I just finished, probably just finished playing basketball or something. So I don't think too much of it. I go back in the house. Um, now I'm fighting To get the money back Because I lost So I'm, I'm going to stay here And to get at least some money back I'm there all night 12 in the, So at like around 11 o'clock I'm like I'm about to leave man, I'm just tired And my boy like, earned My birthday at midnight Let's just stay till midnight like, Okay alright I'll stay till midnight Midnight hit We're still playing uh, they're, they're literally far asleep In the middle of the table Just like dozing off I said bro I'm going to just leave I'm going to leave um, I'll come back tomorrow We can finish playing tomorrow we just get up tomorrow Whatever like, Alright yeah Earl What's up My bad My bad So then I walk outside, but me being, me, I'm, I'm super aware of my surroundings, always. Like, wherever I'm out eating, my eyes will be everywhere. Just from, I've seen a lot growing up. Like, it's, I wouldn't say I'm traumatized, but I'm just like, I want You're to be curious. You're curious. Super yeah. about everything that's going on around me, literally. Yeah. Um, so, as I walk outside, I look around, I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, I don't see nothing, nobody really. Like, I get in my car, I close my door. Close my door, I turn my car, I sit in the car for about 10 seconds. As I'm about to pull out, my door swings open. A guy puts an AK-47 in my head, and I freeze. I'm like, what, is, I'm like, I, like, what the hell is going on right now? He says, yo, don't, give me, don't say nothing. Give me your keys, your wallet, your phone. Keys, wallet, phone. Pulls me out of the car. He has a mask on. Pulls me out of the car. I said, you can have anything you want. You can have the car. You can take whatever. I just want to get back home to my family. Another guy runs from the side of the house with a shotgun. Says, get in the effing backseat. Puts, puts me in the backseat. Two more guys run from the side. Put me the, so now I'm in the middle of the back seat. They don't say nothing. They start driving. I'm like, what the hell was
0: going on right now? At first you thought it was like a prank your boy was putting yeah, on. Yeah, I, I
1: thought like my boy opened the door. The, I thought he like just wanted to do open off the rip. I'm like, hey, yo. I'm like, oh, shoot. This is not him. Hmm. I thought somebody, I thought my boy was playing. Like, you don't think you're about to get robbed again. Like robbed, like. So as, I, as, they, as they pull off, I'm sitting in the back seat. Later they, I I start asking God, why? like Right now, like, God, why am I in this situation? I don't understand, I've done, I've done everything the way I've Never done a drug, never sold a drug. Like, never want to do any of these things to not be in this kind of situation. And now I'm in this situation. Like, God, why would you put me in this situation? Like, right. really, I'm really mad. Like, so as I'm like kind of talking to God, he asked, uh, the, guys, the guy that, that pulled me out of the car that's driving says, hey, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. If I feel like you're lying, we gonna kill you. I'm like, okay. He said, um, who's in the house? I say, the three people that's in the house. I'm not saying any names. I say, the three people that's in the house. He says, okay. He says, where's the safe at? I said, what's safe? So and so got a safe. I know he got a safe. I'm like, man, he don't got no safe. Why would he have a safe? Yeah. Like, oh, he calls himself this. I know he do a little, I know. He, I'm like, bro, he don't even move like that no more. Like, I don't even hang with people that move like that. Like, he don't move like that no more. He been stopped that, that lifestyle. That's yeah. the only reason I was hanging around him. Also, he, he a good dude, man. I said, he, he changed his life around. And that's why I was still, like, hanging around him. Um, he said, listen, you tell us what it safe. They're probably going to kill you. We know we know what it, we know the money in there. I'm like, okay, whatever. I said, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, listen, since you don't know shit, he said, what's your name? I'm like, oh, they don't even know who I am. I'm like, Earl. He said, Earl who? I said, Earl Wolf. They stopped the car, turned around like, Oh, the, the NFL player, we tripping, money. we don't want him. We'll take everything from you. What's up? Where the money at? I'm like, I don't even got no money, man. I don't got nothing on me, man. Like, like man, you, you lying. They start going crazy. Like, pistol with me, hit me, uh, stick the gun in my knee. Like, we'll blow your F in New York. You'll never play football again. Just, literally, just like, trying to like, make me give him, but, but at this time, it's crazy. I had a financial advisor, I only got money monthly. And it was toward the end of the month, I came back from Atlanta. We were just partying, I just gambled. So I didn't have a lot of money in my account at the time. I'm like, thank God it's the end of the month. He's like, let's go to the ATM, take out $3,000. I said, you can't take out three grand out the ATM. It doesn't work like that. So as they're like going crazy, it's cra- in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, this really might be my last time like ever seeing my family. I literally started seeing flashbacks to my whole life as a kid. But then literally I say, yo, listen, I, I, I start praying. As I started praying, I was able to talk. It's crazy. I was able to talk clear. Literally, because at first I was, I got, I, I got, it. literally, I, the guy had the shotgun in my chest the whole entire time. Other guy got the pistol on my, my side. Other guy in the back seat got an AK-47, like, on my leg. I'm like, like, I couldn't even talk when they're asking me questions. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm jittery, like, my nerves is going crazy. I'm like, yo, all it takes, also I'm a deep thinker. I said, all it takes is one of them to accidentally pull the trigger, and I'm dead. Like right. an accident. They get scared. I move fast. I get scared. So literally, I had my hands on the back of my head the whole entire time. I don't want to move. They get scared. and They shoot me on an accident. Um, I said, so once I, once I started praying, I was able to, I'm literally speaking to them like this. It's crazy. It was like God told me, that I literally felt this presence. And I, and I literally said this to myself. And I said to them, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% not dying this way. My mind said, it was, I'm 100% getting out of this.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know what it takes, what it's going to take. But my mind said was I'm not dying this way. I don't deserve to die this way. I'm not dying this way. Um, so they say, hey, you can't give us, you can't give us no money. You don't know where the where, where the, uh, where the money is in the house. We just going to kill you. They drive, They start put, driving out of the neighborhood. I say, listen, listen, listen. We were gambling. There's a, a little bit of money in there. Like if you kill me, they're gonna find you. All you will go to prison for life. I said, if you go back to the house, they give you something. You leave with something. Like. Then he, the guy said, you had a house here? I said, nah. He said, and I'm just real honest. He said, who you staying with? I said, my, I said, my mom. He said, what's she staying I said, you got to kill me. <laughs> you got to kill me. I'm not go- my mom, you got to kill me. I said, let's go back to the house. So we, we, we drive back to the house. They pull in. They pull in the driveway. It's crazy because when they were in the vehicle, it was all comfortable, like kind of just talking, talking, talking. As they opened the doors, they pull me out. They started kind of like panicking, like, oh, we go, go here, go here. Kind of went loud, kind of got loud. And it's crazy, because my boy's birthday was, he was drinking. He, done lived there. he lived like 30 minutes when he was drinking. And he was about to leave when I was leaving. I said, bro, stay. Like, you've been drinking, bro. Take a nap, whatever, sober up, and then leave. So he ended up staying upstairs in the room, taking a nap upstairs in the room, and the window was open. So as, as they're walking me back to the house, he hear a bunch of chatter, a bunch of like loud talking. He looks out the window, he's like, oh, shit, what's going on? Like. And then they see him. They start panicking, and say, "Oh man, they see us. They see us. Herbert getting in the house. Herbert getting in the house. They about to call the police, whatever." So they walk me to the door with my with my with my with my hands like to my back. They walk me to the door with the gun in my back. It was like, "Yo, knock on the door. Ask him. Ask him for the money." I knock on the door. I'm like, "Yo, bro, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm in this situation. I've done everything not to be in this situation. They're here for you. Like, just give him some money or something in exchange for me, please, bro. Just give him something." He said, bro, what are you? I said, bro, he's right behind me. He slammed the door. As he slammed the door, I closed my eyes. I'm thinking, I said, even before, as I'm walking to the door, I'm kind of like trying to figure out how it's going to go. They're going to they throw me in the house or they're going to shoot me as I'm walking to the door. So as he closed the door, I closed my eyes. I'm thinking like I'm about to get shot in the back, literally. They start panicking, kind of like, oh, man, they're calling the police. They're calling the police. Leave, leave, leave. Literally, everybody started running different ways. Uh, they go to the car. They grab me, put me back in the car. So now they put me back in the car, they pissed like, man, dang, we didn't get nothing. Like, we didn't get, like, man, like, I like, mean, what we gonna do with him? What we gonna do with him? I'm like, man, just drive, just drive. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then they started tying my arms up with zip tie, tying my legs up with zip tie, after driving. And it's like, this at this time, it's still probably like three in the morning. I'm like dozing off, but I, I'm trying to, of course I'm trying my best to stay awake to see where they're taking me. Um, so probably like 20 minutes later, we pull up to the dark. You know, especially in North Carolina, the back streets, pitch black dark. We pull up to like uh, some part, like like kind of in the woods, but like it was like a neighborhood, right in neighborhood right there. But we was in the woods, pitch black dark. They pull me out the car. I'm lay- I'm literally laying down in a z- in zip ties, laying down. They start talking about what they're gonna do. Like should we shoot him? Should we kill him? Like I'm sitting there like, please Lord, please. I'm I'm literally praying, praying, praying. Um, and it's crazy because then a police car about. 50 feet away, drives by. Didn't even see us, like 100% didn't see us. They knew he didn't didn't see us, like drive by, speeding around the corner. They start panicking again, like go, 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 go. They're looking for us, they're looking for us. Got in my car, drove off and left me there tied up. So as they leave, talking the happiest moment of my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, I made it. I start going crazy, so I get up. I try to get up, of course my arms is tied, my, 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 my legs is tied, I really can't move. So I'm trying to get my arms out. I, say, I can't get my arms out. And I pop my arms out. I try to get my legs out. I said, I'm not about to sit here. And they think, about them, they think about the way they just left me here. And they come back. I said, oh, hell no. I get up, I start hopping, hopping, hopping. I see like a trailer park right here in the neighborhood way down there. So I'm, I'm hopping, hopping, hopping. I said, Earl, think, think, think. Okay, so I have to knock on somebody's door I just ask them to call the police. That's all I need them to do. That's all I need them to do. Nothing else, nothing more. I don't want to come in the house. But I also don't want to get shot. Knocking on the door, zip tied. Like, it's somebody thinking, like, I'm trying to rob them or, you know, it's th- 3 o'clock in the morning. So I've noticed the second, like, the second trailer has, like, lights on. And it's music, music blast. And I said, I probably, like, I probably know somebody here or definitely know who I am if I say my name. Also, I had on Jackson, J- Jacksonville Jaguar shorts. So I hop up. I knock on the door. I back up. Like, who is it? I said, Sarah, I need some help. He said, who is it? I said, I repeated it again. He opened the door. He said, who the hell are you? I said, sorry, I, I just been robbed and kidnapped. Like, it's, the guys are long gone. I just need you to call the police. Could you please call the police and tell them, like, that I'm here? He said, what? I repeated. He repeated it to his friend. He opened the door, put the gun out, and says, I should effing kill you. You come to house at 3.30 in the morning talking about call the effing police. I should effing kill you. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just got out of a situation. I'm, and I got another gun pulled at me. Like, what? <laughs> why? I'm like, why? And the guy's like, yo, get out my f and yard before I kill you. Another guy comes to the house with a bat. And, like, it's the bat, but like, he's about to hit me. And I fall on the ground. I'm laying on the ground. like, yo, why? Why? Like, why? Can I just leave? Please just let me leave. Like, get the f out of my yard. Then I start hopping the way, hopping to way. I hear a gunshot go off when I fall on the ground. I'm, like, touching myself. like, to the And I roll around. He, he's holding the gun up and close the door. Now I start... Crying, like bawling. like, what is going on right now? Like, I know it's not a dream. I wish it was. I know it's not a dream. I know it's happening right now. So as he shoots the gun, my adrenaline starts going off again. I pop my legs out and I start running. I see like a light down the street. I just start running to like running, 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 running. Crying, like bawling like. It is it's February of a freaking uh uh in North Carolina. It's probably like 32 degrees. I'm freezing, <laughs> running. So as I see the lights, I run up to the gas station. I said "Oh, they get the lights on. Nobody's working at the gas station." I'm like, okay, "Okay, Earl, come on." I see a payphone. I'm not making this up. I see a payphone. I grab the payphone. The cord is hanging. I'm like, "You have them losing all signs of hope." So I sit down. I'm like, "Earl, don't stand like don't stand up here. Like if you stand up here, they might come back around and see you." So I sat down behind the pole. I'm like, "Okay, Earl, you like you're at it." I'm like, "Literally, I'm speaking to myself." Third person. Like you're at an intersection. Somebody will drive somebody will stop and at least call the police. People driving by. I'm like, and I'm and I, I don't look like I'm impaired. I don't look like I'm high on something. I don't look like nothing. So I'm literally standing about 30 feet away from cars like, sir ma'am, please, I need some help. Can you call the police? Four people just driving by, driving by. Which I kind of understand. Like it's 3:30 in the morning. Somebody asking for help right now. I'm yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no. I'm like, so the lady passed by with her window down. I'm like, ma'am, please, I've just been robbed the kidnap. I play professional football. Can you please just call the police? Please tell them I'm here. She like looks and she drives off. Then a couple, a white couple come through the gas station and the car is smoking. They stop. I back up because I was kind of, I back up. I say, sir, ma'am, listen, police has been the longest night in my life. I've been robbed and kidnapped. I've had another group of guys pull guns out on me. Like, can you please just call the police? She like, what do you need to do? Just call the police. She says, sure, we'll call the police. I'm like... I'm the happiest guy in the world. Like, wow. So she, I'm like, ma'am, sir, if y'all wanna leave, y'all can leave. If you don't feel comfortable, I understand. As long as you make that phone call for me, it's fine. They says, no, sir, it's, it's, it's fine. Like, it's fine. We'll make the call. And she said, we'll stay right here. She gets out of the car, she starts talking to me. I start talking to her. Like, seven police cars pull up. And I'm telling them what happened. Um, a lady officer walks up. She says, sir, I'm gonna tell you this one time. She said, um, are you a believer? I said, yes, ma'am. She says, do you believe in God? I said, yes, ma'am. She was like, you must have, you must be praying each and every day or you have multiple people in your family praying each and every day because usually we get a phone call it's so-and-so is missing or 99% of the time so-and-so is dead. Like, and we, and we hope that we find you but most of the time we don't even find the people and we, we only find your remains. She was like, so it's, it's, like, it's truly a blessing you are here right now and if, you're, and, and if you're not saved, I need to go get saved tomorrow. Like, because this is truly a blessing. I'm like, yes, I know, yes ma'am, I know. It's, I'm so happy to be alive. So they, I made a phone call call my mom. The first person I called was called my mom. I called her, she's asleep, she you not even know what's going on. She, I called her, she's like, hello? She said, Earl? I said, mom. She said, what happened? I said, mom, I just got robbed. I, start, I literally start bawling on the phone because when, when I'm in the whole situation, I think I might never see my mom again. Yeah. So you talking about great to hear her voice. I was so happy to hear her voice. Like, uh-huh. so happy to hear her voice. Um. So of course she thought start, she started going crazy. She, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Drives up there. Uh, my sister called the police phone. Me, me and my family we like we talk each and every day. Like we're super super close. So I guess my mom called. My, of course my mom called my sister. My sister calls the cop phone back. And was like, hey, "Is your sister on the phone?" My sister is bawling. Like bawling. I urge like, you got to stop hanging around. Just stop hanging around them. Mm-hmm. And not even bad people. Where I just don't think like that are out like you. Stop hanging around people like that. She's crying, I'm on the way, I'm waking up the kids. I said, Shanae, I'm actually okay. Like, I'm ha- I'm just happy I'm alive. Like, I'm so happy you have no clue. I will see you tomorrow. I said, no, I'm on the way. I said, Shanae, I will see you tomorrow. Okay, okay, I said, Shanae, go to sleep. Put the kids, sure. I said, put the kids back to sleep, it's fine. My mom gets there, we start hugging for like three minutes. I just hug and crying. As I turn around, they're arresting. So it was a guy, and there was a lady, and a, and a man helped me. They're arresting the guy. I'm like, why are y'all arresting him? He, like, they saved my life. Like, they made the call. He's like, sir, I'm sorry, sir. Whenever people are around a certain situation, like, we have to ask for everybody's ideas, The guy, he has a warrant for his arrest. Oh, failure wow. to appear in court. I'm like, wow. So I tell the lady, I said, and she's like, we don't have any money. Like, I don't, I don't know how my best. I said, ma'am, listen. I'm as long as he can do anything. Out of control. I'll bail him out tomorrow. I promise. I said. I have. I even. I said, ma'am, do you need? I said, do you need any extra money for anything? She said, no, sir. If I said, ma'am, I will give you. I will give you whatever. Just. She said, no, sir. I'm fine. Just. Just. just bail him out, please, tomorrow. Yes, ma'am. Is fine. That's part of the story. So then we go back up top because they had to go, you know, you know, for the investigation. Grab the zip ties. One with the drop with the guy dropped me off at the other. Do you train remember report. where they
0: dropped you off at? Like- I
1: do. I've never been back there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time you told this story?
1: Uh, it's been a while. It's been, it's been a little while. That's
0: crazy, bro.
1: Um, so real quick. So let me go back to 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 uh with the trailer park. Yeah. Um, and the police is like, he was like, "What happened when you came here for help?" I could have said, "Oh, they pulled a gun out on me." I smell. I smelled. Dr-. I said. They, they, he said. I said, "Yo, they, they just called the door. They wouldn't help me." Say that's all that's happened. I said, "That's all that happened." Like, I just I live by that code though. Just like just growing up, we don't. You yeah. don't tell. We don't tell none of that. You know. So if, I'm like, they didn't hurt me, physically. So I'm like, I'm not going. Like, so. But as he flashing light, the guy comes out. Like somebody came to my house at after three o'clock, talking about it was robbed and kidnapped. Um, and then like, literally tried to f- fight me, try to run on, try to like run up on me and fight me. <laughs> I couldn't. I was, I was, I was, I was more mad at him than I was at the guy that robbed me, kidnapped me at that, at that time point. Yeah. Like I told the police. I said, yo. I said, yo. I said, shit, let, I, I said, shit, let him go. Let him go. Like, I'm about whatever right now. Like, let him go. And, of course, they dragged him up, whatever, whatever. Um, so, the moral, the, what I learned from that story is, right, um, it's crazy because I moved to Florida that weekend. It happened on, like, a Tuesday. I moved to Florida that weekend. Um, and as I moved, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm with a couple guys playing NFL. I was with my old manager. When everybody. We all there talking. And I told the story Sunday. And they were like, yo, when did this happen? I said, Tuesday. It was like, what the fuck? Like, how are you able, how are you moving around normal right now? How are you just acting like nothing happened? I said, man, I, I, I he was like, y'all would have been in my house for months, I promised earlier, not left. I would have felt like I was in danger 24-7. I said, I, I didn't look at it that way. I always try to find a positive out of the worst thing possible. Mm. And this is what I, and this is what I still live by. Like, I literally prayed my way through that situation. Like, mm. God showed me what he could do. Like, show me. So right now as I feel more covered and shielded as ever like I know he has a huge plan for my life yeah you know and that's literally and I was literally after two days I was walking around normal
0: what was the feedback from like the league people in the league coaches teammates like um, like did this at the time did, was it like a big story it was huge it was, yeah. it was on ESPN
1: it was on, uh, of course, probably every news network in the country, most likely. Um, I got I, literally when it came out, I received thousands, sometimes thousands, of phone calls.
0: Yeah.
1: Like from people, of course, people don't want to interview my friends. Texts, like my phone was going crazy to the point where I put my phone, do not disturb, <laughs> and literally just like, Yo, I don't want to talk. And of course, people calling me, like trying to do stories. I'm like, I'm fine on the story right now. And I'm, 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 I'm good on the story. Um, this is actually It's actually my second time telling my story like publicly, mm. and it's crazy because the guy's house I was at, he didn't. He never heard it. Like, he read it on first point of trade, but he never heard it. And when he talk, and when he heard it for the first time, he called me. He's like, "Earl, oh, I just almost cried, bro. Yeah. Like, I had no clue. That's the way. Like, that's the way it went down. That's the way you felt emotionally, bro. Like, I'm sorry to put you. And I bro, it's, it's cool, bro. Like,
0: um, the the perspective that you gain from it, because your your mindset and mentality on life was already so positive and optimistic, right? And then this situation takes place and that mindset, and it wasn't just like praying in that moment, right? It was like all the years of prayer and just being a good human and doing the right thing that manifested into that moment and you were able to maintain your poise yes. your calm and you you had the wherewithal something that's super interesting that you said was like you understood that they might accidentally pull the trigger if you moved so you're like yo i need to keep my hands back and and just like not be threatening at all yes because i'm thinking of like myself in that situation and i probably would have been like just like squirming I think now I probably would be more calm, but like if it happened when I was younger, I would just be shitting myself. Like that shit's crazy, bro. And like you said, I mean, God's plan for you is massive. Yes. And that's just living proof. So is it, it, when you go back to Fayetteville now, like what's (sighs) it, I mean, is there any hesitation to go back? It is,
1: I used to go out all the time. Like even when I was was in the NFL, before the situation, Early, go here. I'm out. Early, go here. I'm out. Like no, no, no even hesitation. Now you can't really, you can't even pay me to go out there. Yeah. I just honestly, I don't. I've, I don't own a gun, right? I've always said this. I've always said this. If I feel like I'm going somewhere, where I need a gun. I'm not going. Especially after that situation, I'm not even going. Yeah. Like, and honestly, any anywhere at night, if I if I if I'm sitting anywhere at night in Fayetteville, I feel like something can happen. And it's I don't want to think that way. I don't want to feel that way. It's just the way I. The, so it's just from the situation. That's just how, how I look at it. And it's, and I've, I
0: haven't been at home as much since. Does um, your does your mom come down often?
1: Uh, she she comes down a couple times a year. I still go up a couple times a year. Um, but I I don't I don't let a lot of people know. Also, when I'm home, you yeah, know, and I'm strictly with my family. Uh, every time I go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to, it. It also showed me like, like like I can't I can't even though I'm super humble, I can't. Do every do, I can't be at the same place that everybody else is at. Still, yeah. I'm still a target. Even when I, even when I don't view myself as a target, I'm still a target. Yeah. Like, so I stopped going out a lot, especially back home. Um, I had to cut a, want to say cut them all, but fall back on a few people back home. Yeah. Um, just had to reevaluate everything after that situation. You know, I made sure that I was putting myself in the best situation possible at all times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you had good support from coaches, teammates, the league? Like, oh no, I made amazing support. Really? Amazing support. But it That's was to the snap. point it was
1: like, yo. And, and the main point everybody was saying was like, like they did it to Earl. Like, Earl. Like one of the best, like people have ever. You know what I'm saying. And of course, I don't. I don't. like I I know I'm a good human being. But like Earl. Like he means nothing but good to everybody uh-huh. and anyone. Like, and they did that to Earl, man. Like. Why would it do that type thing, you know, um, and also try. And my thing is, I want to spread awareness with this because I, I felt like I couldn't be, not because I was, I was some cane pan I feel I couldn't. I feel like before this situation, I feel like I couldn't be touched back home. Yeah. Because of the support I've had, I would go out and it'd be 15 of my boys around me. You can't even, literally, you can't even get to me unless you get to them. Yeah. Like I didn't ask for none of that. It's just, just the the, the relationships I, I made back home and, and the support I've had, uh, and because of my humility. Uh, yeah, um, just the way people view me, man. I was like, yo, Earl was so high. like he he made it this far, he still ain't normal. Like yeah. he don't belittle nothing, like any of us. But then they used to drop names. Just how crazy it was. If so come home we're getting him, if soso and so come home, we're... I said you can't look at it. You can't look at it like that. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. What did he do to you? Yeah. Like, he don't really come back. Does he? Is he? Does he have to come back? Yeah. I kind of like no. Yeah, you know. So it was.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I wanna. I think it's such an incredible story and I can't wait to hear people's reaction. And I know you mentioned that you met with people in LA about possibly making a movie and stuff like that. I just think, like you said, the perspective that you had in the whole situation and and the fact that you've maintained that after and it's even purified your purpose and your priorities even more than before is incredible. I want to segue a little bit because that locker room just being in a locker room for most it's amazing for most of your life right like when i hear people who are leaving sports talk about the most challenging thing it's not about missing practice sometimes it's about missing the game but most of the time what they say is it's missing the atmosphere and the camaraderie of being in a locker room and having your brothers by your side
1: there's nothing like it man i miss it every day just those conversations man relationships, just knowing that, you know, just, just knowing that you're in a war with the guy beside you, yeah. you know? Like, you're doing it for him, you're doing it for your family, but you also doing it for his family. Like, just everything about it is, like, something that I miss every day. The relationships I met, like, I was the clown in the locker room. I was the clown. I was also the DJ. I, 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 I always had a speaker plugging my speaker before practice, like, always. Been been doing that since middle school, literally. Yeah. like, And just that chemistry, man, of that locker room is amazing. Amazing, you, you, you see and you hear the funniest things you you will ever hear in your life, you know? Especially when you're dealing with people from, from different walks of life, the people with every like every type of ego you could think of. Yeah. It's like, I was telling one of my friends, I said, yo, so-and-so used to walk, he used to walk in on the phone every single day. Like, walk in, joking, like just on the phone every day. Dressed up, like, like designer down, like every single day on the phone. It wasn't one day didn't go by. I went to sit in my locker. I just finished eating breakfast. He's walking by on his phone. And we clown him every day. And it was just, it was, it was just the vibes. And it, it was amazing, man. I, I miss it, man. I still talk to a lot of the guys, though, that I played with, especially in Philly.
0: Yeah. Have good was, there any, with the w- guys. was there anyone when you came up, like rookie year, second year, that, like, really took you under their wing?
1: Uh, yeah, man. Kurt Coleman. Amazing guy. Uh, Nate Allen. Uh, Kerry Williams. Mm. Uh, Brandon Graham. Uh, Vinny Kerr, it, I can I can name a couple man, but especially on the defensive side and in, in the in the in the safety locker room, in the DB locker room, I mean, DB meeting room, Kerry Brandon Boykin. Mm, um, he's
0: Brandon Boykin went to where did he play college? Uh, ball Georgia. Out. Okay,
1: that's my guy.
0: Yeah, e- he's e- nice. Emmanuel Acho
1: works for ESPN now. Yeah, like man, like those are like my brothers. Like still talk to them consistently. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, especially like me, me and Kerry Williams gonna be being real close because we were together a lot and Brandon Boykin all the time. Hmm. Like, and they, t- they took me under their wing, man. I can't think of more. I talked to Kerry yesterday, man.
0: How can you, how, I know you can't exactly replicate <clears throat> that setting, right? That yes. environment, that energy. Like, what can you do now? And like, what have you maybe tried doing to kind of get back that feeling of <clears throat> team? and just camaraderie that you felt in all of those years?
1: Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm training now, personal training. Uh, and it's been, I started last year and it's been going really well, picking up a lot, literally each and every week I'm getting, you know, phone calls, uh, uh, mes- uh, emails, messages uh, with people, you know, asking, of course, pricing, asking, you know, and it's crazy. Anytime people, of course, when they hear training or how much, I say, hey, let's sit down and have a conversation. Because I feel like when it comes to training, honestly, anything in life is, you know, yeah, you're you're hiring me as as a, you know to, to train you, but I feel like it's so much about relationship, you know. Like, of course. I know some like some some clients I have now will never leave me unless I have to leave. Will yeah. never leave me. Yeah. And of course, not and it's not just for the training it's because of the relationship that 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 we have made, you know. Um, and I feel like when me, I, I, I'm kind of get that locker room mentality, I mean, kind of uh, chemistry back. But of course, it's like I, I'm like kind of one on one. So I'm walking there. Uh, and I, you know, it's, just, it's just super hype I get, I get them hyped up We talk, we laugh Every time before You know, we get it
0: in We gotta get you We gotta get you like Leading some big ass group You wanna yeah, do that nah, shit? for sure I would love to I would, I, I would love to We're gonna make it happen There's okay. actually uh In two weeks I'm gonna see if we can It's late notice But I'm gonna see if what we it, can What was It's like it, It's this Fit Miami festival I'm in it Oh, you are? You're yes. teaching? Yes Oh, hell yeah Yes You talked to Julia? Yes Oh, amazing, bro Yeah, yeah like and and here's the thing when 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 you talk about like coaching, training whatever it is like I would spend 150 or 200 dollars an hour just to hang out with you for yes. for an hour. I mean luckily I don't have to. Yeah. But but the value of just like you know picking your brain and hearing your stories and and connecting is so valuable. Yes. And I think I think the fact that you understand relationship building yes is is really important because you've probably had coaches in the past some of them just were like strictly business on the field and then you probably had some coaches like you mentioned at nc state maybe that cared more about you as a human and were like actually concerned like yo how's everything going with the family how's everything going with school yes and it seems that you've really taken that latter approach yes At like yo like how's life yes you feel me always yeah bro
1: I, always.
0: Yeah, dude. I, I'm I'm excited to collab on some workouts. Oh, yeah, let's do it. We're we going wait. We're gonna get after it. I wanna also know because I feel like what I've seen and mm-hmm. in, in in just being a dude in general is there's this societal expectation to always seem like you have shit figured out, that you're tough, showing emotion, you're a pussy, right? Like that's that's Kind of the way we're brought up, I'm sure, especially for you, Yes. like growing up Fayetteville as a black man. Yes. Like, talk about that and how you were still able to express yourself authentically. And did you ever get any backlash? Like,
1: I did, I did, because I, um, I grew up around I said gangsters, drug dealers, everything. Um, I I was, I was always myself. Like, I always knew who I was as a person, and I always was that person, regardless of what. Type of situation around always, I'm um, to the point of where it be I, I would be with a group of people they they would want to do something and I wouldn't want to do it. I'm not doing it like no nah, I'm good I'm not going there. Now, why real? You always messing it up. But think about this: what if this happened? Oh yeah, yeah you're right. Just everything. But even um so when I'm, so I'm, I said so I, when, I, when I was in high school, I, all the girls wanted the tough guys, the, the gangsters, the the super super hard guys. I never tried to act like that. I was yeah. n- never soft, but never tried to act like that. You yeah. know that was never me. Um, and a lot of times, honestly, like the girl, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't even. Oh, he's too nice, like too nice. I, he's, okay, <laughs> you know. <But laughs> You're okay with that? It, I'm okay, okay. Call it what you want, too nice. I, I don't think it's no such thing. Yeah. You know, because I just, I have the utmost respect for women. I grew up around my mom, my grandma, my sister. I treat women like queens. You know, respect them at all times, all times, regardless of what they say, what they do. It's just, it's just the level of respect I've, I've learned. You know, from my mom. You know, yeah. uh, especially. Um, I said so. Like guys, would some of the, my my boys would be be, be upset because I wouldn't want to do this, I wouldn't want to do that, you know? But grow as we grow older, one of my boys hit me up. My my freshman in college was like, Yo, Earl, bro, I want to thank you for everything. I'm like, What do you mean? Like thank you for always being you, like being organic, like being just being real at all times. Like Earl if it wasn't for you, I'd probably be dead, bro. Like I'd probably be dead. Yeah. Like, and I'm also I'm the guy that tell my boys like a lot of people always oh, don't say that it's soft. I tell every time I, if I'm talking to one of my boys, every time I have the phone, I love you, bro. I love you. Yeah. Like every single time. You just yeah. never know when it can be your last day, their last day. Like you never know what they're going through. So even with them feeling that kind of love, you know, it's just like dang, bro. Like somebody, somebody got love for me. You know, like and is is I feel that's like what we miss a lot, especially as as as, as males, especially mm. growing up. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people hold a lot of stuff in. I'm the type I let everything out. Yeah. I'm always talking, I'm always, I'm always, vulnerable, not always vulnerable, but I'm always open to being vulnerable, you know, yeah. talking, you know, trying to talk about what I'm thinking about it, trying to figure out how, how, how I can fix some, you know, fix some thoughts, and always open to criticism, always, mm. always, you know, and I feel like that's, that's, that's very important, um, especially I say a lot of guys, the guy from, the guy from, uh, was it Deerfield Beach that, that, that committed suicide by train, yeah. you know, he was going through a lot inside, just going through mm. a lot.
0: Yeah. And I know Santiago gave me the signal that we have to wrap up okay. soon, but I, but I want to actually continue off what you said. So, back to Boys Club on Wednesdays, one of the things that my boy and I started, I was like, I was like, yo, we're going to we're going to end each session we have and we're going to give each kid a hug, like, yes. a, like wrap our arms around them, tell them we love them real, and give them a hug. That's amazing. And like the first, the first time we did it, yeah, like all, like the dudes were like, man, like you're gay, like get the, get, like get away from me. <laughs> and, and after a few weeks though, now it's like, they know what's good and like, they come in for it. That's real, bro. So we've That's created real. a wow. culture of like, and we still have a ways to go, yes. but we've created a culture of like, yo. This is just like me saying, like, I care about you. I love you. Like, bring it in. And that kid, that kid that you're mentioning, the 17-year-old who just had received the scholarship to play D1 ball. It was amazing, at receiver. And it's like, it's like, the, these aren't bad kids. I know, he, like, they just need more love. They need more listening, more attention in their upbringing. And my guess is, like. Everything that was thrown his way was all just football stuff. Like, no one actually had, like, a man-to-man, real-world conversation with the guy. Like, yo, how are you feeling? How are you? Like, how's your head? How's your mind? Especially with his family. His family was struggling. Bad, you know? And and these are things, like, just last year, in 2019, there was 45 school shootings in the U.S. And I'm like, that's almost a school shooting every week. Mm. And most of these kids are 12, 13, 14 years old, bro. Like, they're not bad kids. They just need a little more support. So yes. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, overwhelmed with joy to bring you in. Like, yeah. it's going to be so powerful. And I know your message, your smile is going to resonate with them so much. Uh, I want to give you 60 seconds. Okay. Like, let's pretend, okay, there's 7.5 billion people in the world and probably 4 billion men. All right? You have 60 seconds to address all the men in the world. All right? What would you say? to those, especially those men who are struggling to, um, to live like their most authentic versions. So you have 60 seconds to address all men of the universe. All men of the universe.
1: Men, listen, now let me stop. <laughs> nah, um, uh, we, we all go through things in life, man. We all have struggles, we, we all struggle with things. I told you before, pain is temporary, man. Uh, be more willing to open up be more uh willing just open to showing love i, I love and affection just little bit of the little things will take you so far in life you know and i always say that the little things matter the most um, mm-hmm. and and if you practice these little things it will grow it will grow and be some it can grow and be something huge you know mm-hmm. uh whatever whatever you want to do in life can be done whatever you want to do i don't care how old you are I don't care where you are in life right now, it can be done. And it's, and it's, it's been done, you know? Um, just make sure you give 100% at all times. And a, a lot of times 100 isn't enough. I never had only, only give 100. To give it 110% each and every day, to be the best version of yourself and to bust your ass every day, it's possible. mm
0: there you have it, man. That was powerful shit right there. Yo, we're going to chop that one up for sure. Um, Yo, real quick, bro. Yes. We're going to do a rapid fire session. All okay. right, so favorite emoji. Ooh, uh, smile, man. All right, cool. There's a lot of different smiles, but we'll just keep it vague.
1: <laughs> the the big, big smile. Biggest pet peeve. Ooh, uh, biggest pet peeve, biggest pet peeve. Ooh, ah, uh...
0: And it was my pet peeve. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot, man. All right, what's the biggest, uh, what would you say, the one word to describe the relationship between you and Janine?
1: The girl, she's like, oh. Um, I would say just real, man. Genuine. It's genuine.
0: Genuine. It's genuine. Nice. Okay, and what's your biggest pet peeve?
1: My biggest pet peeve, when somebody isn't thankful. For the little things. Mm. Thankful for little things. Opening the door. Thank you. Just say thank you.
0: I love that. It bothers me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Man, Earl Wolf, bro. I'm so, so excited that we connected a few weeks ago. And now we're starting this year, this decade off with you sharing your story. Yes. And I think it's so admirable what you're doing, what you're putting out in the world because... Your, your your life has been filled with so many obstacles, yes. so much adversity. And rather than shy away and run away from it, you've leaned into it. Yep. And you've done that through prayer. You've done that through gratitude. You've yes. done that through your family. Yes. And I think so many people can take a lot of, the lessons that you've learned and apply them to their own life. Yes. So so I'm so thankful that you came on here. Sure. And I can't wait. We're going to have to have a round two because I had a whole sheet oh. of shit that we didn't even get into. Ah. Um, but I want to give you a quick second. People want to okay. connect with you. Yes. They want to train with you. Yes. Um, where Where should they go? Um, you can, um, of course, Instagram,
1: eWolf28. That's E-W-O-L-F-F-28. Um, go to my Instagram My email is also on there Earl.WolfFitness That's W-O-L-F-F-F-I-T-N-E-S-S At gmail.com
0: Perfect Yo, we're going to link to all of that in the show notes And my man yeah, That was man. powerful It was amazing, man yo you, already, enjoyed it. yo, you already know what time it is It's time to lean into your pain Overcome that shit And stand up to yes. sitting Yes